Well, good morning and happy Easter. We are so glad that you guys have joined us this morning. And in thinking about Easter this year in the midst of COVID-19, I have to imagine that this year's Easter celebration for us is really similar to the Easter celebrations that uh, were happening the first day that Jesus was resurrected. Uh, I think that there were no large gatherings of the followers of Jesus that day. Most people were cloistered at home uh, by themselves or just with their families. Uh, They were there in fear. Many of them had doubts and and questions. Uh, Some of them had uh, didn't really know what to think. They didn't know what the day would hold. They were probably wondering what's going to happen now or what's going to happen next. And, And into that, as dawn broke on that morning, hope sprang anew. Word began to spread that Jesus was alive, and I'm sure the reactions that day were mixed. Some uh, rejoiced and were excited. There were others who were amazed. There were still some others who had doubts and questions. They didn't believe, at least not yet. There are still of, of, of us today who have these same things. We are gathered in our homes. There's no large gatherings today. We have questions, and we have doubts, and we have fears But some of us are hopeful because we hold fast to the truth and the knowledge that he is risen, that Jesus has risen indeed. You see, I think in all honesty, we're all seeking something these days. So the question I want to ask you this morning as we begin is this, what are you looking for and where are you looking for it? You see, we don't always find what we're looking for. And maybe the reason that is, is because, well, maybe we're just not looking in the right places. I want to turn your attention this morning to my favorite account of the resurrection in Luke chapter 24. So as you find that this morning, let's, let's read that together. It says, but on the first day of the week at early dawn, they went to the tomb, taking the spices they had prepared and they found the stone rolled away from the tomb. But when they went in, they did not find the body of the Lord Jesus. And while they were perplexed about this, behold, two men stood by them in dazzling apparel. And as as they were frightened and bowed their faces to the ground, the men said to them, Why do you seek the living among the dead? He is not here, but he is risen. Remember how he told you while he was still in Galilee that the Son of Man must be delivered into the hands of sinful men and be crucified and on the third day rise? And they remembered his words. And returning from the tomb, they told all these things to the eleven and to all the rest. Now it was Mary Magdalene and Joanna and Mary the mother of James and the other women with them who told these things to the apostles. But these words seemed to them an idle tale and they did not believe them. But Peter rose and ran to the tomb. Stooping and looking in, he saw the linen cloths by themselves, and he went home marveling at what, he had, ha- at what, he, at what had happened. Let's pray together this morning. God, we are grateful to be able to gather this morning and to celebrate the resurrection of Jesus. Lord, today is a day that is filled with hope. Today is a day that is filled with good news, something that we are really desperate and desperately in need of. Father, we are grateful that, that not only did Jesus die on the cross for our sin, but on that uh, first day of the week of the first Resurrection Sunday, that you raised him from the dead. So not only do we know that Jesus conquered death, but we also know that he conquered sin. And God, we are grateful for that. Lord, I pray this morning as we uh, celebrate the resurrection of Jesus, that you would teach us this morning uh, and, and help us to find the things that our heart so desperately longs for. 
God, I believe that many of us are seeking things, but we're not seeking them in the right ways or in the right places. And so, Father, help us to learn from these women who journeyed to the tomb that morning to prepare Jesus' body for burial. Help us to learn from them the right ways and the right places to seek after you that you may be found. And so, Father, I pray that this morning as we humble ourselves before you, uh, as we surrender to the authority of your word and the authority of the Holy Spirit who teaches us today, God, that we would be good learners this morning. And so, Father, we pray and ask that you lead us in our time of study today. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. Amen. Well, I, I just want to point out a couple of things today. And, and really, it's, it's really about looking. It's about seeking things. And I think the first uh, thing that we learn from these women is, is that we are looking for healing from our hurts. Listen, we are living in a hurting time. We are living in a hopeless time, much like we find these, these women. As they went to the tomb that day, they were going for a specific purpose. Their purpose was to go and prepare Jesus' body for his final burial. You see, when Jesus had been buried after his crucifixion, it was almost the Sabbath. And so very hurriedly, they just wrapped him in a linen shroud and, and placed him in the tomb that belonged to Joseph of Arimathea. They weren't able to, to do all of the preparations necessary for uh, final burial. And that's why these women were going to the tomb that day. They were carrying spices and getting things ready. Uh, Luke 23, 55 and 56 tell us that the women know exactly where the tomb is, that they had seen where they laid the body of Jesus. And then they left from that place to go and make the necessary preparations. And so as they made those preparations and made their way to the tomb that morning, I have to wonder were they ready to, uh, or were they expecting what they were about to find? They had all of the spices prepared, and they made their way. In fact, Mark makes a, a note to us in Mark 16.3 that as they were walking to the tomb, they were conversing among themselves, wondering who might roll away the stone that they could get into the body uh, of Jesus. And as they come to the place where they had laid Jesus, isn't that curious that the stone had been moved? The, the tomb was open. I have to imagine in my own mind that there was a little bit of uh, silent rejoicing among them that they didn't have to move that stone after all, that, that someone had already take care, taken care of that. You see, I think for many of us, we are looking for answers to our questions. I think as the women were, were going to the tomb that day, their hearts were heavy. And I believe the question that was on their mind was simply this, why did Jesus have to die? They didn't really fully understand all that had happened to him. And, and so they were pondering among themselves about why this man was taken at the very peak and height of his ministry. Who are they going to follow now? Who was going to be their teacher? Who was going to be their leader? They were asking questions. And I think even as we approach this Easter Sunday and this celebration of Jesus' resurrection, I think you and I have very similar questions. I think some of the questions that, that we may be asking is simply this, is there more to life than this? It seems like our existence has been stripped down to the, really the bare necessities and we're, we're hardly even able to move around and enjoy the freedom that we once did. Maybe the question that you're asking is, is simply this, where is Jesus when? Where is Jesus when I hurt? Where is Jesus when I am sad? Where is Jesus when I am sorrowful? Where is Jesus when I am depressed? Where is Jesus when I am angry? Maybe the question that you're asking today is this, well, if God loves me, then why? If God loves me, then why did he allow the coronavirus? If God loves me, then why do I hurt so much? If God loves me, then why is there so much pain in my life? If God loves me, why have I experienced such struggle and sorrow? You see, I think sometimes what happens for us is that we go to places of hurt to find healing. 
See, the tomb of Jesus was a place of pain, especially for these women. Think about this. These are women that had committed their lives to following Jesus. They had sat under his teaching. They had served with him. They had supported his ministry in every way. And in an instant, he was taken from them. So as they go to the tomb that day, their hearts were heavy with sorrow. They knew that this was a place of finality, that this final trip to the tomb of Jesus was going to be painful, but it was necessary. You see, I think for us many times, we go to places of hurt, but in those places of hurt, we rarely find healing. But we go back again and again and again and again. The question is why? Why do we continue to go back to places of hurt when we never find healing? Well, it's because I think that in our minds, we are hopeful that maybe this time things will be different. Maybe this time we will find that healing. But really, honestly, we go back to those places of hurt repeatedly because it's the only place that we know to go. But usually when we get there, we never find healing. We just simply find more hurt. You see, there are times, though, that God does the unexpected. There are times that God steps into a situation and he will bring healing out of our hurt. He will bring peace out of our pain and he will bring bring freedom out of our fear. You see, God does unexpected things at unexpected times in unexpected places. And so as the women get to the tomb and they see that the stone is rolled away, they begin to make their way inside. And verse four says this, and while they were perplexed about this, the stone being rolled away, behold, two men stood by them in dazzling apparel. In verse five, the beginning part says that the women were frightened and that they bowed their faces to the ground. I think the second thing that we learn from these women simply is this. We don't always find what we're looking for. We don't always find what we're looking for. These women obviously did not find what they were looking for. Now they found the tomb. They knew exactly where to go because just a few nights earlier, they had been in that place. But when they get to the tomb, they do not find the body of Jesus. Can you imagine that? The emotions that must have run through their body and through their mind in those times, I think that they probably experienced frustration. They probably experienced a little bit of despair, thinking, well, maybe somebody stole the body of Jesus, which was a a rumor that the Pharisees began to circulate about him. I think maybe even there was some doubt. Maybe we're not in the right place. Maybe we did miss where we were. And it says that they were perplexed, that they were puzzled, that they were at a loss. They, They saw something, though, that they weren't expecting. They were expecting the tomb to be sealed with a stone, but when they get there, they find that it had been rolled away. And so there is a sense of rejoicing and a little bit of joy in that. As they entered into the tomb, they were expecting to see the body of Jesus where it had been laid before the Sabbath. But as they enter into the tomb, they don't find him there at all. He wasn't there. Instead, what they do find are two men. And these men, we, we understand them to be heavenly messengers or angels. It says that they were, they were in dazzling apparel. Now, the women were not expecting to see these men at all. And so their reaction to seeing these men who are in these clothes that flash like lightning, that are gleaming white and almost glowing, was fear. And not just a little bit of fear. Their, their response was a great fear. They were very afraid, and they hid their faces. And in fact, if, if you'll notice throughout the whole of Scripture... Anytime a person encounters a heavenly messenger from the Lord, this is their response. They are always fearful, and it says the women hid their faces in fear in response to these heavenly messengers. And so, you know, there are times that we don't find what we're looking for. You know, when my boys were young and and growing up, we loved to play hide-and-seek at our house. In fact, 
Uh, my 10-year-old daughter still loves to play that. And so, you know, one of the reasons I only play uh, with the boys like that when they're young and with my daughter when she's young is because I know all the good hiding places. As they get older, they discover where the good spots are, and so it makes the game not quite as fun. But just a few weeks ago on a Saturday, Zoe and I were playing hide-and-seek, and we'd gone a couple of rounds, and it was my time to hide and her time to seek, and I had been scouting out places in our house to hide, and I found the absolute perfect spot. And so she began to count, and I made my way uh, to that part of the house. Now I'm really careful not to disclose where it is because I know she's watching this morning. Okay, and, I, and I made my way in there, and I, I squeezed myself into this, this place, and I began to wait. And I waited, and I waited, and I waited, and I waited, and I waited some more. And Zoe was looking, I could hear her moving throughout the house, and she actually came into the place where I was, and I could see her, but she couldn't see me. She couldn't find what she was looking for. In fact, that day, she never did find me. She finally just gave up. And I finally just came out and, and, and revealed where I was, but I didn't, didn't tell her where it was. You see, we often don't find the things that we're looking for. And I think there are several reasons why. I think one of those reasons is that, one, we're looking for the wrong thing. We're looking for the wrong thing. To a degree, this is what happens to the women. Now, they were looking for Jesus, and that's good, but they were looking for the Jesus who was dead. Jesus wasn't dead. Jesus was alive. And I think there are times in our life when, when we, we know what we're looking, or we don't really know what we're looking for. There are times in our life that, that we think we know what we're looking for, but it's really not what we're looking for. To, to find what we really need, we need to make sure that we're looking for the right thing. And so I think sometimes in our lives, the reason we don't find the things that we're looking for is because we're looking for the wrong thing. I think another reason we don't often find what we're looking for is because we're looking in the wrong places. We're looking in the wrong places. Again, I think this applies to the women. Now, it makes sense to find a dead body in the place of the dead. So they go to the tomb and to the tombs where dead bodies are laid. They knew exactly where to go because they had been there just several nights prior before the Sabbath, but they didn't find Jesus. And, and, and sometimes we don't find what we're looking for because we're looking in the wrong places. We're looking for life in places of death. We're looking for relief in places of struggle. We're looking for peace in places of chaos. We're, we're just simply looking in the wrong places. So not only are we looking for the wrong thing, we're also looking in the wrong places. And I think there's one more that we can add this morning. And this is when we're looking for the right thing in the wrong place. You see, these women were seeking Jesus they were seeking the one for whom they had committed their life. They're seeking the one whom they had, had followed while he had been alive. And so as they sought him in life, now they were seeking him in his death. But he was not where they expected him to be. They were looking for the right person. The problem is they were looking in the wrong place. There are times that, that we know exactly what we are seeking, but we're not looking for it in the right place. We know exactly what we're looking for, but we can't find it because we're not looking in the right place. And I think in each of these instances, when we're looking for the wrong thing, when we're looking in the wrong place, when we're looking for the right thing in the wrong place, there are a series of emotions that seem to overtake us. Sometimes that emotion is fear. Sometimes that emotion is frustration. 
Sometimes that emotion is doubt, and, and, and even sometimes it, it causes questions to arise in us. In fact, I think that, that in these days that we find ourselves at home and sheltering in place and, and trying to wait out this coronavirus, that every one of us has experienced at least one of these emotions, the emotion of fear, we, uh, of the unexpected and the unknown. We, we've experienced doubt about what's really happening and what's really going on. We've experienced frustrations because it's day whatever and we're stuck at home with our family. And we kind of get a little, have a tendency to get a little bit on each other's nerves. We have questions. And so in the midst of all of this, here's, here's what we need to learn this morning. And it's simply this, God is still at work and he brings hope. In the midst of your fear, in the midst of your doubt, in the midst of your frustrations, and yes, even in the midst of your questions, God is still at work and God brings hope. And so as these women are standing in fear before these two men who are in dazzling apparel, these men speak in verse 5. It says, Then the men said to them, Why do you seek the living among the dead? He is not here, but has risen. Remember how he told you while he was still in Galilee that the Son of Man must be delivered in the hands of sinful men and crucified and on the third day rise? I love what the, how, this, how this turns out in verse 8. And they remembered. They, as soon as these men speak these words, it comes right back to their mind and they remembered the words of Jesus. And it says, and they returned from the tomb and they told all of these things to the eleven and to all the rest. And it tells us that it's Mary Magdalene and Joanna and Mary, the mother of James and the other women. But look what happens in verse seven, verse 11. But these words seemed to them, that's the apostles, an idle tale, and they did not believe them. So these women experienced this great news, this, this very thing that they had hoped for. And as they, they come back and share this news with the ones that they thought would be most excited to hear it, the ones whom they thought would be most excited to hear it did not believe them. Now, we will look at the disciples and kind of scoff a little bit, but, but just put yourself in their place for just a moment. As, as these women who have gone to prepare the body of Jesus, they come back and they tell you this miraculous tale that they had gone and the stone was rolled away and that there were these two angelic messengers that, that spoke these things to them. And, and recounted everything, and, and, and you just expect them to take that on blind faith. They hadn't had the experience that these women had, but look at what happens in verse 12. But Peter, who was kind of the leader of the disciples after Jesus' death, says that he ran to the tomb. He ran to the tomb, and he stooped, and he looked in. Just, just imagine this picture as this fisherman is at the tomb where Jesus had laid as the, as the morning sun is beginning to break. And I imagine that as he looked into the tomb, the light of the sun is piercing into the dark place of that tomb, that place of death, and it illuminates the place where Jesus was laid. And it says that he sees the linen cloths by themselves. When Peter sees for himself what the women had told him, it says that he left there and he marveled at what had happened. You see, I think, I think the last thing that we need to understand is simply this. We find unexpected hope in unexpected places. See, we're living in a day that seems devoid of hope. We're hopeless. 
But that doesn't mean that hope doesn't exist. And in fact, I think hope still exists very much around us. And, and so with all of this sheltering in place, I stumbled across a YouTube channel the other day that, that is really just about good news. It's by John Krasinski. You may know John Krasinski's work from The Office and movies like 13 Hours. And I mean, he's a pretty famous actor, but he started putting out uh, just a, a short 15 or 20 minute video once a week on SGN, which is some good news. And it's just a, a kind of a spoof news network that he's put together that captures these stories of good news that are happening in the midst of coronavirus. And he says, look, I'm just convinced that people need some good news in the day in which we live. I agree. We need good news. And so I encourage you to go and, and, and check that out. Because what he's, what he's teaching us is the very thing that we see happening at the tomb of Jesus is that even out of the most unexpected places, hope prevails. And so at the empty tomb, the, the women encounter these two angelic beings. And at the empty tomb, hope springs forth with one question. And I love this question. This is why I love this passage of Jesus' resurrection. Why do you seek the living among the dead? Such a great question. Why do you seek the living among the dead? And in fact, I have to imagine that as women hear this question, it probably just adds to their perplexion. What do you mean the living among the dead? That didn't make any sense to them. It, 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 they didn't have a context for that. Why are you seeking the living among the dead? Well, I don't, I don't understand. But here's the message of hope that's delivered. He's not here, but he is risen. Just as he said he would. Jesus is alive. Can, can you imagine if you had gone to, to prepare Jesus' body and in that moment you hear that he is alive and your eyes see where the linen cloths had been laid and it all kind of clicks in that moment. I, I'm, I'm looking for the living among the dead because Jesus is not dead. He is alive. And it says that when the women heard this, that they leave the tomb and they go back to where the 11 disciples were. Now I have to imagine that they weren't on a casual stroll back to the, where the disciples were. I have to imagine that in a very undignified and unladylike way, they were running with excitement and joy and probably leaping along the way to deliver this message to the disciples. And when they get to the home of where the disciples were, they were out of breath and, and the disciples were wondering maybe what is going on? And they deliver this message that Jesus is alive. But I don't think they just said that. I think they recounted for these uh, men everything that happened there at the tomb that morning. They talked about the angelic beings. They even recounted where they said, remember when we were in Galilee and Jesus said that he had to be delivered into the hands of sinful men and that he would be crucified and then on the third day he would rise? He said, when, when, the, when the angelic beings recounted that to us, we remembered. Yes, it is true. Jesus did exactly what he said he was going to do. He was betrayed. He was delivered. He was crucified. And now he is risen. Yes, he is risen indeed. Jesus' promise was fulfilled. He did everything that he said he would do. And here's the good news for us today. Jesus always does what he says he will. You see, I believe that in the midst of this most despairing and fearful and season of, of distraughtness that these men and women were experiencing, that God does something amazing. You see, I believe that God is able to bring the best outcomes out of the worst situations. God's able to bring the best outcomes out of the worst situations. And so the, the women, they go to a place of death, but they find life. 
They go to a, a place where death literally reeks. And in that place of death, in that place of darkness, in the place of despair, in the place of sorrow and sadness and even personal loss and pain, in the midst of all of that, God brings life. So think about this. It's through the physical death of Jesus that we are able to have and experience spiritual life. Because Jesus not only died on the cross, but because God raised him on that first resurrection Sunday, that we can have true life as God intended it to be. As we walk in our disobedience to God, and the Bible just defines that as sin, as we walk in that disobedience to God, we are literally walking in death. But when we place our faith in the person of Jesus Christ, we experience a rebirth as it's talked about in John chapter 3 that we receive not just a new life, but a new eternity. So God will go to a place of death, and he brings us into life. The women also went to a place of despair, and they found hope. Maybe this is where you find yourself this morning. I I don't know how you ended up uh, on our channel today. Some of you are obviously uh, folks who regularly attend our church, but maybe this is a video that came up in your recommends. And you're just looking for hope, but you continue to find despair. Can I just tell you this morning that out of your despair, God can lead you to a place of hope. That on this day, as the women go very sad, they hear about this good news. That what Jesus said he had done, or Jesus said he would do, he has done. And, And that same truth applies in your life today. That Jesus is who he says he is. God is who he says he is. And he will be whom he will be. And he is our hope. You see, it's on the resurrection of Jesus that all of our faith is built. It is the foundation. It is the cornerstone of everything that we believe. It is good news. And I think we would all agree that we are in need of good news in these days. And so understand that Jesus is your hope in the midst of this season of despair. So God can go into a place of despair and he can bring forth hope. We also see that these women went to a place of tears and they found truth. They went mourning and sad because Jesus had died, the one whom they had followed and committed their life to. But when they get there, they discover the truth of what really happened to him, that Jesus was no longer dead, but that he was alive. That was the truth. Now, there were lies that circulated about Jesus. And even today, there are those who speculate, did uh, rather Jesus actually died or did someone steal the body or, or whatever. But the fact of the matter is, is that God's word teaches us that Jesus is alive. In fact, it says that at one time he appeared to over 500 people at one time. What's amazing about that is that in a Jewish court of law, you only needed two witnesses. Jesus says, I see your two and I raise you 498 more. You see, there were people who had seen the risen Jesus, that that they had gone to a place of tears, but God brought them to a place of truth instead. The truth of the matter is, is that we are all in need of Jesus. The truth of the matter is, is that we are all lost, that we are all in despair, that we are all uh, in need of hope. And the truth of the matter is, is that God provides the answers to every one of those questions for us. God brings us to the truth, not only of our need for Jesus, but but also provides us the way and the pathway that we can follow. The last thing I want to share with you this morning just simply is this. I want us to look at Peter in verse 12. And it just simply says that Peter ran from the house to the tomb and he stooped and he looked in. 
What was it that changed Peter's mind that day? He saw the linen cloths. He saw where they had laid the body of Jesus and that he was no longer there, but the grave clothes remained. And it says that he marveled as he went away at what had happened. You see, I think with Peter, Peter went to a place and was wary. He had questions, he had doubts, but he left in a state of wonder at the power and marvelous work of the Lord. You see, maybe you find yourself in a place today that you'd rather not be. Maybe you find yourself in a place of depression. Maybe you find yourself in a place of despair. Maybe you are hopeless. Maybe you feel that you're at the end of the rope, dangling and holding on to that one final thread. Maybe you find yourself today in a place that you'd rather not be, just like these women were. They didn't want to be at the tomb that morning, but they had to be. Peter didn't want to go to the tomb that day because he was fearful of what he might find. But I promise you that in both cases, they were glad that they did. And so if you find yourself in a place that you would rather not be, I want you to understand something this morning. Not only can God, but God will bring you up out of that place. God can rescue you and God can save you. And so maybe you're sitting there this morning saying, well, yes, I want out of this place where I'm at. I don't like it here. I don't like it at all. It's dark and it's sad and it's scary. So how do I get out of here? It begins simply with this. Believe. Believe that Jesus can and will rescue you. Now, when I say believe, I'm not saying just put your mind to that and and, and accept that as a fact, but I'm saying really in your heart, believe that. Believe that he can and will rescue you or save you. And, And then just simply this, ask him to do it. Ask Jesus to rescue you and save you from where you are. And the great thing is, God, can you save me from my fear? Can you save me from my questions? Can you save me from my doubts? Can you save me from my sin, from my mistakes, my missteps, and my misdeeds? And the answer to that question is always yes. And then once he pulls you up out of that pit, commit your life to him. Don't just use him to get out of the position that you're in, only to go right back to it but instead commit your life to following Jesus from this day forward. So how do we do that? Simply by asking him. Just go to the Lord in prayer and say, God, I need your help. Can you pull me up out of where I am and put me on a path where I can follow after you? You see, today can be your resurrection day too, where God calls you out of death and into life. If you make that decision today, we would like to know about that. And so in the Uh, description below, there's a box that says connect card. Would you just click that and just share with us the decision that you've made? Maybe you have some things you need us to pray for and pray about, and we would love to do that. So if you wouldn't mind just uh, clicking that connect card and sharing that decision with us, we want to help you in this new journey with Jesus.